0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spiders here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports News and Analysis. Well, uh, there's good news and bad news. Um, the good news, the most important news, is that Rice won a game. They are officially off that zero in the win column, uh, defeated Texas Southern 48-34 on Saturday. So that was nice. Uh, and the offense looked good while they were doing it. Um, 48 points, uh, 350 rushing yards, over 600 total yards. I think it ends up being, like, just over eight yards a play on total because they ran 75 plays. Um, so that's pretty good and encouraging. Like, <laughs> not the would, highest. If you, if you
1: would just stop right there and you just told me that's what happened on Saturday, I I'd be pretty stoked.
0: Yeah, I mean, like obviously the competition, like we talked about last time, was not great. But I don't think the recent history of the right, the Rice offense, is such that you can, uh, you know, afford to overlook any offensive performance of that level, regardless of who it's against. Yeah, so, I think
1: I think so. And uh, as I. Uh, A quick plug before we jump in. I did want to I don't know if we've mentioned this on the pod in a week or two. Maybe we've been we've been trudging through some some tough sledding lately. But uh, Wednesdays at noon on the Rice Athletics YouTube channel, uh, you can go ahead and get me and J.P. Heath. We are previewing the game ahead. And that's Southern Miss because, Carter, we're, we're dwelling on the past a little bit, which is good this week. So that's that's good. Um, so make sure you do that. And then go ahead, uh, patreon.com slash at the sign up, get practice notes. Uh, this is actually I'm working on after we're done with this podcast, Carter. I'm going to start on some practice notes from the first practice heading into Southern Miss. And I think for the first time in uh, four weeks, I'm not going to write about a quarterback battle.
0: <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, that's nice. Uh Every uh, what what they did with the quarterback position seemed to actually work quite well. Like they still used Luke McCaffrey quite a bit, but it was kind of exclusively as a runner. And most importantly, there seemed to be like a plan for when he was going to come in. Like it was very clearly like, you know, they wanted to get him in some option plays, and they uh, were going to use him on the goal line, and that was what they did. He had five carries for thirty six yards and a touchdown, and Constantine was extremely efficient. Uh, had an interception, but 18 of 23 for uh, 11.8 yards per attempt, which is great. But a long time since the Rice quarterback had a mark that good, I think. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I th- I think I think we need to devote a, a chunk of this to Jake Constantine. Because, like you mentioned, you know, 11 yards per attempt, that's pretty good. I went back and and looked through Rice's history of passers, uh, particularly under Mike Bloomgren, uh, the best completion percentage, best efficiency day by a Rice quarterback under Mike Bloomgren, was 18 of 23. And uh, that was, I need to go pull that up. Uh, I believe that was uh, Tom Stewart who had one of those performances. That's I should have that to Tom, in, in, right? in front of me. Yeah. So that happened once. And that was the only other time that a Rice quarterback has had reached that march. mark. Excuse me. Uh, so that was exciting. Uh, to see that happen, for for one, uh, for two, uh, the interception I think was a play where oh, what are you going? And there might have been one other, one or two other passes, but five incomplete passes on the night and led seven scoring drives. Seven. Bryce had scored uh, what three touchdowns in three games. And he scored, yeah. led seven, and and you mentioned the caveat of, you know, adjusting for opponent. But I was w- looking back and and considering Rice has played FCS teams before, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen you're supposed to beat you know air quotes bad teams handily, and Rice has not done that yet. So for to see the offense do what they were quote, supposed to do and score seven touchdowns was is I can't think of a better case scenario was what is there
0: yeah no I mean uh this is certainly better than the last time Rice played uh I believe they haven't played an FCS team since the last time they played a Houston area HBCU FCS team in the opening game of 2018 season where they needed the last second field goal to be prairie view so
1: um this offense
0: yeah, this offense is definitively better than the 2018 offense, which is, you know, that is something.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And one thing that I was kind of going through, I, I don't know if this made it on the podcast, but I kind of hinted at it in a couple practice notes that went up on Patreon this week. And I was talking uh, with J.P. Heath, the voice of the Owls, before the game. And I said, I think we're going to see a Jordan Myers 20 carry game. Which is not something that, at the end of last season, I thought you would have ever have heard me said, because, they you know, he played tight end and Rice had other running backs, but lo and behold, 26 carries for Jordan Myers. And if there was ever any doubt that this guy's a running back, and I know he can do everything, but the move that he put on the safety on his long touchdown run of 60 plus yards looked looked like a running back who knew how to control
0: his body in space. Yeah, like, I I felt like we had a lot of, like, going into the year, it sort of felt like this was going to be like, oh, you know, he's a running back, but he's going to, like, be in the goal line like he was last year. And he's going to play on third down, and they're going to split him out of the backfield and use him as kind of like a, you know, move around, receiver, H-back, you know, all-purpose type of guy. But uh, they made him a running back, running back. Uh, Yeah,
1: with the capital R. Yeah. A capital Rice R. And he responds,
0: yeah. And an old English R, if you will. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know if I ever saw the phrase Jordan Myers 64-yard touchdown run. Uh, Yeah, that was not something I would have guessed was coming.
1: But, of course, you know, go back, what, a month and a half at this point, and I don't think we would have predicted that Jake Constantine was the starting quarterback at Rice seeing as, you know, he was hurt and at best third on the depth chart.
0: Yeah, it's funny the trajectory that that came through here because when he first committed to Rice, like way back in the you know, pre spring, it was sort of like, oh, here we go again. You know, Rice has taken a grad transfer quarterback for the however many a straight year. We'll see how this one does. And then the spring it was like, eh, you know, he's not really like, you know, Wiley Green's kind of the leader in the clubhouse now. And then they give a cat. Cavern-
1: he was bad in the spring.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I think I think I can say now, but I I think it was a large portion of just a general understanding of of the offense which we've kind of seen cuz I was going back through my you know my rolodex of transfer quarterbacks um and Tom Stewart got here he didn't he got here early fall, late summer. He didn't get here in the spring. Mike got here in the spring and You know, athletically, you looked at Mike and he what was he like six, three and two ten or something like he was not not a small man. Maybe one, two, ten. I don't know. Um, But he looked imposing enough. And so that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. covered away some of the, the rough, rough around the edges, so to speak. But, you know, the spring was the spring and then we didn't get to see him at all in fall camp. He was hurt. I think he got through three practices of fall camp before he
0: went out with an injury. Yeah, and it just didn't seem like he was ever really going to be uh, a factor in this race. And then, lo and behold, he puts up one of the best, maybe, I mean, we'll say one of the best performances by a Rice quarterback in the past four years. Well, and really, you can go beyond that, because the quarterbacking in the last couple of years of the David Bailiff, uh era was not not great. So, uh, yeah, again, not great competition, but like uh, Rice quarterbacking over the last several years has not uh, there is not a pantheon of great performances to hold up against this one. So, uh,
1: yeah, that was pretty I asked, good. In, in my conversation with Bloomberg after the game, I said, you know, where does this rank? I, you've had a lot of quarterbacks come through in the past couple of years, uh, which side note, uh, SID uh, Chuck Poole put in the game notes uh, before the game that Constantine became the 11th quarterback to start a game for Rice since 2017, which is an FBS record over that time span. So, Yeah, 11. Two other schools had had 10. uh, I want to say, like, maybe Nebraska and somebody else. That's
0: right.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Nebraska and it was another Big Ten school. I want to say, like, Northwestern, maybe. Um, But then you had to go down to, like, eight. So, like outlier rice um but anyhow i asked bloomgren you know where does this rank among that mix of of quarterback performances that you've seen and he cited he said well you know mike collins when he was here had 10 touchdowns and one interception
0: yeah that and was i was like
1: that, you're right that was pretty good but he said other than that <laughs> probably about the best which we'll take at this point i i i didn't think we'd be getting down to the third string and and who knows? But uh, you know, hats off. And then that caused me to go down a rabbit a rabbit trail. And um, is it a rabbit trail if you find something at the end? I don't really know how that expression <laughs> works. Um, I, I I pulled pulled in and kind of looked through some stuff. And I was as I was uh, prepping stuff after the game. Uh, I was sitting down with with Jake, well, virtually Zoom, as everything is these days. And I was looking through and trying to find him because I want to ask him, you know, this is your first game that you've started since, you know, 2019 at Weber State Um, and going back through. And then I noticed that he won a lot of games at Weber State, and I knew that, uh, but I started looking. I'm like, wait, what's the last game that he lost at, at Weber State? And I found one that was way back. And I'm like, okay, what's the last home game that he lost at Weber State? And uh, I couldn't find any regular season games that he'd lost. And so I went back to his junior college, Ventura Junior College, before (laughs) he got to Weber State, also undefeated in the regular season. So Jake Constantine did lose an FCS playoff game as a sophomore at Weber State. Uh, But other than that, regular season, he's never lost a regular season game as a starting quarterback since high school. That's kind of wild. And I feel like if we would have known that, we should have just started him out of the gate because that would guaranteed yeah. victories over Texas, Arkansas and Houston. Right. Yeah. That's, or at, least, at least
0: Houston, you know, like like take that home win like.
1: Oh, that's true. The other two that were would on be the nice. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, so I thought that was a, a neat nugget. And I think that what kind of what was most encouraging to me, like you mentioned, was I when McCaffrey. well. Back up, when it was McCaffrey and Green splitting time, I didn't know who was in the game when. It seemed kind of ad hoc. Yeah. And it it felt a lot like, you know, when in previous years when they, I mean, they had like the, will we start Jackson Tyner or... Oh shoot! Like Sam Glaisman moved to wide receiver, so Sean Stankavage. Sean yeah. yeah. Just play a couple of them in a game and see who works. Evan Marshman, Wiley, uh, Parker Towns. Parker, yeah. There, I don't think Parker Towns ever ever got a start. Did he? I remember him running Wildcat against. I've largely
0: much. blocked the twenty eighteen quarterbacking season from my memory, so that's probably a probably a positive.
1: But the the just was it kind of seemed like a revolving door, but. I was most encouraged. I I was kind of coming into this game dreading a what happens if Jake Constantine is pretty good and McCaffrey plays and he's pretty good. And what do you do? I, like, I just saw that as a scenario where, like, we're just going to be in quarterback purgatory again. Yeah. Um, but I left this game thinking that if they did exactly what they just did, and let Constantine run the ship and then put in McCaffrey at the goal line because you saw the
0: bootleg <laughs> like, yeah, he's really, really hard to defend on the goal line. Uh, like I said, like with a plan. And where you have sort of one quarterback that is clearly like the more like, I don't know, sort of accurate on time passer and another one that is the, the running quarterback and you have an idea of when you like to use each one or rather when you like to bring the other one uh, that can work. It can be good.
1: Yeah. So I think that that was best case scenario and I, I'm not expecting or projecting a 48 point outing uh, from rice on offense every week. Uh, that would be nice. But at this point, you know, I, I kind of saw enough an, in and I was trying to, you know, as I was, processing this game and kind of thinking through it uh, this was kind of the best case scenario i think for the team as a whole because say we had an elite defensive performance where texas southern is held to 13 points but the offense scores 17 i think i feel more nervous about rice in the future with that performance because i've at least seen proof of concept proof of concept with this defense. To where I know that they can shut people down. I hadn't, I, we really hadn't seen anything to that, to this degree with the offense to know it existed, that they could get to it. Um, yeah. So at least on that front, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, yeah. how things went. I thought Jake Bailey came through with a, a couple big catches and the first, the the bomb touchdown to, to Cedric Patterson on,
0: which we glossed over on the first play of the game. Uh, that kind of yeah.
1: set the tone.
0: <laughs> it, well, and well, and it, it's it's also important to note. I think that um, Constantine had this passing performance with the same sort of um, reduced receiving group that uh, they'd had the last couple of games. So that was very nice to see. Like they they got that performance on the books and didn't even need to have Pete or Rosner out there to do it. So that was another positive. Um, and like you said. Um, so I said good news and bad news at the beginning of the show. Obviously, the bad news is that Rice's, uh, uh, I don't want to say once formidable, but like generally solid defense, <laughs> uh, gave up 34 points, which was more than uh, more than uh, Texas Southern had scored combined all season coming into this. This game, they had a freshman quarterback making his first start. Am I right about that? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, as we said last time, this is one of the worst teams in all of Division One. So it's not encouraging to see the defense, which you've counted on as the strength of the team, um, just get really destroyed on the back end by a bad FCS team um, like it was 2018 all over again. Um, just not a great game for either Sean Fresh or Jordan Dudbar.
1: And it, it just, the thing about it is it just didn't make sense. I watched the Texas game, you know, a week ago and I saw Texas receivers and running backs out athlete the rice defense, just hit a hole, get in space with speed Um and you know, it wasn't wasn't missed tackles. Like no I can't nobody from the Texas receiving core got behind the rice secondary. They just got beat. And on on Saturday, I think I counted three plays where a receiver at least three, where a receiver had a step or two on a defensive back and the quarterback just threw it up there. Um And that was the part that was most confusing for me because we didn't see that at all last year. I'm I'm thinking, like, maybe one play last year that that anybody got behind the defense. And we saw that three times uh, this season, all against the worst quarterback that they've faced, unarguably, I think.
0: Yeah. It was was just uh,
1: most unproven.
0: It was very weird. Like, it just... I don't know and going back and looking at the box score now, I feel a little bit better in the sense that, like, <sighs> I feel like watching it live, I just felt like uh, Rice could never quite pull away because, like, they kept scoring on offense and it was fine. Like, they were never in danger of losing the game, but like, they couldn't quite pull away. And Texas Southern was always just like scoring a little too much to make it comfortable, but like rice only gave up 13 points through the first three like 21 of those 34 points were in the fourth quarter which is like not great but also like the game was out of hand by the time texas southern did the majority of its scoring and it still doesn't excuse that performance like i still don't really understand what was going on with the defense there um and it was confusing and it was frustrating but like I don't know. Yeah. I I know they're capable of playing better than that. We've seen it this season against you know an Arkansas team that uh, turns out to be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> How really bad. <about> <laughs> so and then well and you know they they didn't look great against Texas, but um uh ever since Texas made that quarterback switch, they've been looking pretty good. Like they just put up seventy on to Like Rice's defense did better against Texas than Texas Tech did. So um, we know, like, we've seen the proof of concept from Brian Smith and this defense the past two years. Um, they still have the majority of those same players. We've seen them play well, you know, even if the overall, you know, points per game number is not pretty right now just because of the competition. Um, but we've seen them play better than that quality-wise this year. So um, we're not pressing the panic button on the defense. I, I'm willing to write this one off. If we see them go back to form in the future, in the next few weeks,
1: yeah, a couple things that like stood out to me looking back through it, uh, and and I, I talked with the the cornerbacks coach Jared Wilcher after uh, the game, well uh, after practice, and was just kind of like explain to me how you can make Traylon Burks look mortal, you know, a guy who's going to be playing on Sundays next year, and then a bunch of Texas Southern receivers each take your lunch <laughs> i was like i don't i don't get it um and he mentioned uh, a couple a couple things that stood out to him uh, sean fresh got got beat on a hitch and go on one of the the deep routes which you know it is a red i guess a redshirt freshman mistake um being a bit aggressive there um which you can you can live with that every now and then I suppose Uh, Rice got flagged uh, three penalties in this game accepted penalties uh, for offsides. Rice was very it has not been a penalty free season they've been a lot more um, been called a lot more Rice has for penalties this year and in this game and there were a couple others that on some of the deep balls that I haven't gone back and and looked at this part but Wiltshire said we're on free plays where uh, corners saw the saw the flag and eased up, and the receivers went deep, and that's again, uh, you know, two freshmen out there kind of that need to understand the situation better. Um, so the getting behind them piece, I feel like that's at least a point that can be coached out and corrected. I think what we've seen, uh, and then no no Treshawn Chamberlain, which I I. I think we're beginning to realize is is more important. Uh, to this how important defense. he
0: is, yeah. Right,
1: that just it it's not the same with what this defense can do without him on the field. There's a I'm optimistic that he will be back soon, p- perhaps this week. That's something I'm kind of monitoring uh, with practice reports this week. Um, so there's that piece. Naeem Smith missed a, a chunk of this game uh, with a, an injury. He was able to come back. Uh, and then I think something I've noticed from the the defense this year, they've kind of played, and you really saw this against Houston, uh, a bit more, I don't want to say passive, um, but they've played back and been more willing to give up the underneath stuff and stuff in front of them uh, to prevent the big play. Um, and I think that kind of almost worked against Houston, except for a couple like third and longs. Um So I I think part of what happened against Texas Southern was just bad beats by some young and inexperienced corners. Uh, A couple of it was schematic and trying to uh, funnel people and keep them in front because Texas Southern should not have been able to put together, you know, four 60-plus yard drives. (laughs) They just – so keeping them in front of you I don't think is a bad defensive plan, Um, but it was – I'm it was it was just bad and I'm not really like you said I'm I'm not not panicking I I'm concerned um I yeah. think that get Trayshawn Chamberlain back hopefully he looks like he might be soon uh, getting Trey Schumann back on the defensive line would help as well although I think yep. he might be another week off um getting healthy will help but uh yeah I I did not expect uh Andrew Andrew Bodie, which uh, when I was doing my my preview work for for Texas Southern, uh, that just was they really 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 like this young freshman quarterback, and that was about all they had. Um, and surprise, he he was good. Huh, he
0: was good. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I think we expect them to be better than that going forward, but uh, something to monitor, nonetheless. Um, all in all, from this game, uh you know it's not a game against a team like that is is always gonna be a tricky situation because if you win like you're supposed to, then like great, you won like you were supposed to, and if you don't do as well as you should, then everyone's like what went wrong, what happened? blah blah blah, so in some ways, it's a bit of a no win scenario and um, the thing Rice desperately needed at this point was a win. And they got it, and they got a confidence builder for the offense, and maybe some, you know, some fire in the seat for the defense, if you will. So uh, got a very winnable game coming up on Saturday. And, yeah, I think I uh, saw
1: that the at least the initial lines had
0: Rice favored by a field goal. There we go. And yeah, you should, um, you're all welcome, Rice fans, for having my other team soften up Southern Miss for you. (laughs) They are quite thoroughly, uh, meat tenderized, if you will. Um, Bama, which had had some, uh, I don't know, some, some kinks to work out over the last couple of weeks, kind of got things going in the running game, especially against Southern Miss, um. Which had not been giving up. Like, if you subtract out the Bama game, what I think you had this Oh, in your I went and looked preview. at this.
1: Yeah. 1.5 yards per carry, excluding Bama. Yeah.
0: Like, that's what? A, uh... <laughs> that's <Yeah>. incredible. <laughs> so, uh, this is a very winnable game. Uh, it is going to be, they do have a tough run defense. So, uh, Constantine and the receivers need to be able to move the ball through the air, but uh, you know Southern Miss should be uh, pretty pretty sore from the the game they just had to go through. So uh, here's hoping that this this game against Texas Southern was a confidence builder for the offense and maybe uh, a a motivator for the defense because we know they're capable of playing better than that. And uh, here's here's hoping we're looking at a yeah, an, a win opening conference play,
1: I which think Rice these, has
0: not had in a very long time.
1: I wonder when the last one that is. I'm trying to think going back now. Um, but yeah, I, I I think we we got out of Texas Southern, uh, or, or at least the the team did. Rather, they they, they accomplished what we, what they needed to. I think they have an answer at the quarterback position, which I think was huge. I, I think the offense, uh, we know it works. I think there's some kinks to work out on defense, but like we said, uh, all in all, um, a winnable game this coming Saturday, which kind of, you know, as we step back, um, you know, when we sat down at the, what, I guess, mid-August, and we kind of talked through the schedule, we said, you know, more than likely, it's a an 0-3 start. You'd love to steal one. You'd love to steal two. But 0-3 is, you know, the odds-on favorite. Uh, you beat the FCS team, and then you open com- conference play against the team with the brand-new head coach, which, you know, not a COVID year starting head coach, but, you know, tra- Trailer at UTSA is doing pretty fine for that, all things considered. Um, but, yeah, so at this point, you win this game. You go into the bye week, uh, possibly 2-3, and three, and uh, you're – you're on track for expectation, um, which you would you would love to beat expectation. I think that would be wonderful. Uh, but other than maybe the Marshall game, I don't think this is a program in the past couple of years that's gotten to the point where it can beat expectation, not on a consistent basis. Uh, so getting back to expectation heading into the bye week, I you know, this has been a roller coaster If we went all the way down to the bottom and now maybe we're coming back up. So I would prefer to go into the bye week on coming back up.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, like again, all things considered, like it has um these first four games have been eventful. Like like probably more eventful than I would have really liked at all unless you were going to tell me that one of the big events was going to be like an upset over, you know, Texas or Arkansas, but like uh at the end of the day, if, if you've been able to guarantee me at you know, in the middle of August that Rice was going to come out of September, uh, or or go into early October, go into that bye week at two and three, which they will be if they beat Southern Miss. And like, I would have been really happy with that. Like the the big thing would have just been to you know look solid and and beat the team you should beat and and get that conference win. And and they still have like you know like we were saying last week when things seemed quite dim, uh, you know everything is still in front of them. And it will be if they can get this win on Saturday. So uh, yeah,
1: and I and I feel like maybe 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 in the past, and I'm probably guilty of this. It's been lip service to the degree of like you know they could they could theoretically you know go win out and be okay. But I've at least I've seen enough now uh, from the defense last year and the offense last week that like I kind of is it is very fair to say I, like I believe it's possible. Not that I I didn't think it was not that I thought it was you know impossible beforehand, but I've seen I've seen the pieces to the degree that like we say you know that their goals are in front of them they can they can they can get you know a bowl game is what they're talking about we say they can get there, but actually at the point it's starting to look uh, maybe is as, as real as it has this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's it it kind of feels weird to say, but like after as weird as this season has been, and as much as in some ways on both sides of the ball the team has been disappointing at times i still feel like they should win this game on saturday i still um feel like the fair expectation is that they do win this game so um that is where i wanted to be coming into this game thinking that rice is and should be favored so um it it's just been so weird like again the likely and 2020
1: outcome... was supposed to be the weird year yeah and it was it, yeah, it
0: was. <laughs> but any thought that at least for Rice that this season was going to be more, or really, I, I guess the the country in general, because uh, certainly last weekend was uh, an eventful one in college football, and I think they're up to like, I think they're still at like a record pace for like top losses by top twenty five teams. I think they have like the most ever for through four weeks of like losses by top twenty five teams. So, uh, yeah, any thought that this season was going to be more normal? at least in terms of uh, like results for either Rice or all of college football uh turns out that wasn't the case and you know what the weirdness is what we love about this sport maybe not so much for our <laughs> own teams but you know when the weirdness happens you just got to embrace it and roll with it so um may the may the weirdness be ever in our favor
1: hey man I, that, that kind of <laughs> sums this up pretty well <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, all right. I guess that'll do it for us this week. Um, We will be back next week, as always, uh, coming out of a, hopefully, a win against Southern Miss, heading into a bye week, kind of taking stock of where Rice is. Um, They'll be almost halfway through the season at that point in terms of games played, which is nuts to say. God, the season goes by too fast. But, (laughs) yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a win, taking stock of the program through the first month plus. And so we will see y'all then and rice funny. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.